everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. everyone. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for joining us today on Hop Culture. We are super grateful to all of you for listening, interacting with us on social media, and making this podcast such a fun project for us. As a small token of our gratitude, we want to give back. So today we're offering some of our best free unqualified advice. Yes, we call this series The Problem Solvers. After an episode of 30 Rock, where two of the more unhinged members of the cast try to promote themselves as sounding boards for everyone else's issues. So in that spirit, we ask you guys to submit some situations you'd like us to weigh in on. If you don't follow us on Instagram already, we're at hopculturepod, and that's where we usually ask for submissions for episodes. So check it out if you want to chime in or give us any feedback. And before we start this episode, we should give a disclaimer that we have absolutely no grounds to be offering any advice to anyone in any situation. Wow, this wasn't written into the script, so Grace must <laughs> yeah. be really feeling Grace feels I'm passionate really concerned. passionate about our legal. <laughs> I feel like no disclaimer was necessary, honestly. If you don't know by now that none of us are if, qualified. Yeah, if you think that's that's <laughs> going to get good advice, you're listening to the wrong Yeah, podcast. none of us are therapists. Um, we don't really have a lot of life experience or... <laughs> Um, not much going on. <laughs> not a lot true. of common sense. I don't mm-hmm. have I've street smart. Absolutely no. Yeah, no street sense. smarts. We've been very sheltered, so I would say we have very little. We have <laughs> we have a lot of heart. We have a lot of love. So <laughs> yeah. that's. I just feel like heart is most of what you need. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this is mostly. Well, we said on Instagram, we were like, silly or serious? And most of these are like pretty serious questions. So mm-hmm. I'm really I'm honored people. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is just That's why I gave, had to give a disclaimer because mm-hmm. I was like, these are like actual things that people are asking are dealing about. With. Yeah. yeah. Last time, it seems like more of them were jokes. And this time, <laughs> people are really coming to us. With we're making this problem. sound like people are coming to us with like, mental health issues or mm-hmm. something. Or like marriage that, problems or something. They're not, that's yeah, not, that's that's not that serious. And we should mention that we have done um, a previous Problem Solvers episode. I think it was number 44 and it was from last August. So if you want to listen to that one, you're welcome to as well. Okay, we're going to start with one that we've dubbed Poogate. <laughs> this listener says, If you're friends with me on Instagram, then you've likely already seen me complain about this. I apologize that this sounds super petty. I'm trying not to be a Karen about it. We live in a townhome community with an HOA. Per HOA rules, you are not allowed to leave dog poop on the ground anywhere in the community. You are supposed to pick it up and dispose of it. There are dog waste stations conveniently located all around the neighborhood with baggies to use. And yet someone keeps letting their dog poop all in front of our front door and along our driveway. Our other neighbors think we are lazy and not cleaning up after our dog, but we don't even own a dog. I've seen the neighbors on either side of us let their dogs poop on our yard. We have filed complaints with our HOA, which were handled by sending out a mass email reminding everyone to pick up after their dogs. So what do I do? 
Do I pick up the poop for the sake of beautifying our neighborhood? Do I leave it there because it's not my job to pick it up in the first place? I'm tired of looking at the poop, but don't want to give the poop ditchers the satisfaction of not having to clean up after themselves. Okay, I gave this one a lot of thought because this sounds horrible and mm-hmm. embarrassing not petty at and all. very stressful. And <laughs> here's what I think you should do. You need a passive-aggressive sign posted in your lawn. <laughs> um, and then you also <laughs> need to get those little surveillance cameras mm-hmm. and start a TikTok account where you explain everything that's happening and expose these people on TikTok, <laughs> as I have seen many people do with their mean neighbors. And it never seems to end well, but <laughs> someone always ends up moving. So mm-hmm. I, I think it could eventually it solve could, your yeah, problem. Yeah, they could eventually One leave. way or another. <laughs> okay, Tess has taken the petty route. I Here's the hard thing is like, I can think of a lot of solutions that would cause a war between you and your neighbors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. me too i don't know of a solution other than talking to them face to face and being like hey like we have you know i don't know if you have kids but i think i know who this is because <laughs> i think i do yeah. follow this friend on social yes media. <laughs> and they do have children and yeah you could say like we have little kids and this is just really ruining our space you yeah know, like could you please stop it seems like these neighbors wouldn't care, mm-hmm, but at least you could mm-hmm. say that you tried and feel good about that before moving on to a more serious solution, such as, I think you could maybe call, can you call animal control on people? Because I don't think it's actually, I think it's technically trespassing for someone to let their dog poop in your yard. I and have I think, no idea. I, That's probably true. Don't know. I think you can like actually take legal action but i think you can call animal control i think here's what i would do do you know any lawyers i don't i don't know if you know any lawyers but maybe if you have like a sibling or like a sibling sibling in law or like something who's a lawyer have them write a letter mm-hmm. good a idea. threatening letter and see if that works. <laughs> you can surely wow, find some letterhead are, online and like that's write true. One and just too. yeah type yeah. that up you guys are taking like a really well. Real this is round. really annoying when she's like, "It's petty. Yeah. It's not petty. This it's is not on your not, driveway. No, that is out. Like truly, I'm just like I don't know where people like this come from because yeah. this is so beyond. Why do you? Why us. do you have dogs? Exactly. I say it's that so blatant but too. Like, aren't you ashamed to mm-hmm. like your neighbors know that you're let, letting? Well, your that's dog okay. That's the thing yard. because I have experienced this problem. Both firsthand living in an apartment complex where people did this, and I had friends who they lived in a the upstairs, and their downstairs neighbors would just let the dog out, and it would just they would never clean up after it. And there's no good solution because mm-hmm. they talked to the neighbors, they wouldn't stop, they cleaned up after the dog, and then that lasted for like two days. And if you're cleaning up after the dog, then when the neighbors come out, it's like an awkward like. Mm-hmm. passive aggressive like you're mm-hmm. cleaning up after them sort of thing so that's not your only option is to move <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only way i've gotten out of this situation it's i know horrible. it's so hard and i hear other people talk about this too and i'm just like i'm so confused at people like i'm far from perfect my yard is not perfectly manicured mm-hmm. i'm not the perfect neighbor 
But like that is just everyone knows you don't let your dog poop in other people's yards. I'm with Tess. I was going to suggest a camera. I don't think you need to post it online, but (laughs) because I think these people don't care. You could. That's true. But I would definitely have a sign that says something like smile your own camera and like a little you don't even have to have the camera hooked up you know you could buy like a fake one on aliexpress or something Mm -hmm. but at least then the other neighbors would see it and be like oh clearly something's going on here so you wouldn't have Mm -hmm. to be like embarrassed about it anymore that's That's true true. that'll get you away from the embarrassment at least yeah we're just we're we're really running with this we're sympathetic to this this is a horrible problem this is a horrible some people just shouldn't get to live in society mm-hmm. here's here's what i console myself with this type of person is that humans evolve to be able to work together as a society right that's part of humanity and so people like this their genes are not going to pass on for very long mm-hmm. because they're not cooperative and Grace, they play by rules that's actually so comforting <laughs> you can use it in any yeah. situation where someone's awful because people who cut you off. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I, this, this submission was our first submission and it came on a day when I'd had an incredibly frustrating experience in the school pickup line. I'll spare details. And I was driving home and I was like, how will I ever feel better? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to deal with this all year. And there's nothing I can do about it. And so I was like, I just, and no one really cares. Like no one really wants to hear about it. So Mm -hmm. I just have to like kind of keep it inside. And then I saw this and I was like, I'm not alone. Like other people have to deal (laughs) with thoughtless people. Claire tried to tell me about the school line pickup situation. And she was like, she's like, yeah. Like the teacher who's in charge of the line isn't doing anything. So like, should I get out of my car and do something? And I was like, Claire, no. I know. And I know. I know I shouldn't. No, that's never the answer. I know. It's going to ask like things. I know. It's just like. Should I do something? The answer is always no. I know. For you. I know it's not. It's always no. For you. Should I take charge of something I'm not in charge of? I know. I can't help it. I can't help it. I want to be in charge of it. Okay. Let's move on. So this is another one that's really hard. So thank you for trusting us with this. It says, I'm having both my brother and his three kids, as well as my sister and her family stay with us for a week around Thanksgiving. Brother is recently divorced. And so we are financing the whole trip for him and his kids. Sister is in a pretty comfortable financial position and has incredibly difficult dietary restrictions. So I want to ask her to be financially responsible for any groceries for her and her kids dietary needs beyond our standard plan slash offerings. Is that out of line since we are not asking my brother to contribute? If it's okay, if it's not, how do I ask that? So I think what they're asking is like, if it's not out of line for me to ask for help, how would I ask for her to like contribute for groceries? This one's really hard. I don't think it's out of line. She's not saying that her sister would have to pay for all her food, just anything other than what she already has. Uh, Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. saying like if they need to buy, and she didn't specify, I'm going to probably use gluten-free as my example because that's like the first one that comes to mind. I have no idea who this is or what the dietary issues are. But yeah, like if they needed gluten-free bread or, you know, sun butter instead of peanut butter, what do you guys think about this? Well, what I'm thinking, it it sounds like they're staying with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a matter of like, hey, can you bring – it's like you are going to the store and buying all the groceries and then are you going to ask your sister to reimburse you or are you going to say like, 
you come with me and put your stuff in a well let's it's like it's let's awkward how do you answer the first half which oh, yeah, she I guess said, it's the second part <laughs> yeah she said I, i'm saying she i have no idea who this is most of our listeners are women so i'm just saying she um and it's hey it's the whole unpaid labor i'm assuming that a female <laughs> wow. would be the one yeah. planning planning the food mm. right um, feminism. So somehow your sexism has worked its way into feminism. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure there's some, you know, misogyny in, in here somewhere. Um, but no, I'm okay. So she's asking if it's out of line to ask the sister. I don't because they're not asking the brother. I don't think so because personally, in families, in my experience, like things are never perfectly fair. And it's so nice, first of all, that you're helping your brother come out with his family. Like that's so generous and nice of you. And I think most reasonable people, and I'm sure your sister is reasonable, would just be happy that your siblings can all get together. Like that's just kind of how life goes. Like it's never going to be perfectly fair. And if this was a situation in our family, I would be like, if I could contribute, I would be happy to. And I would be grateful that my other sister was helping someone come to Thanksgiving, you know? So that's just my two cents. I I don't think that's unfair to ask your sister for help when you're not asking the brother. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I mean, it depends on the, I don't think it's out of line. It depends on the dynamic. That's what I was going to say. Well. <laughs> exactly. It totally. Does. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's out of line, but it depends on the personalities at play for sure. I agree. Can I st- can I give my answer to the second give your half? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Because I feel like for our dynamic, if let's say I was in a tough financial spot, <laughs> as I am, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's say we were in medical like, school and had no income. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you're you're the one. You and Grace both have like. Full time households. Yeah, just barely you guys are all living. Live <laughs> I guess we do too, but we have so many kids. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, we have so many it, kids. It offsets <laughs> the income. <laughs> um, and let's say like Grace was helping me come out for Thanksgiving. I feel like Grace could easily just talk to Claire and be like, "Hey, would you mind if we split the cost? Because it's already costing me a lot." to help Tess out and it would not be a big deal. I think you mm-hmm. just need to call up your sister, have an honest chat. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that how most I feel like the dietary needs kind of give you a little bit of an excuse because I mean she says incredibly difficult dietary mm-hmm. restrictions. That's mm-hmm. not just like gluten free. Yeah that's or like easy enough to work around. Yeah. Like, exactly. When people have really, really specific dietary restrictions, I don't want to like generalize, but I feel like the people who I have known who have had like really difficult dietary restrictions usually kind of want to pick out Mm -hmm. the things that they're going to eat because they just need to be really careful. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you could say like, here's what I have planned, like, you know, even maybe give like the recipes and stuff of what you're planning on making and just be like, I thought you might want to see this so that if there's something else that you want to get, you know, you could get that, you know, while you're here or whatever mm-hmm. so that you guys, you know, can be sure that that you have things that you can eat because I I just want to be really careful, you know, that I don't give anyone like an allergic reaction or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that makes it clear that you're not like you're not just not wanting to pay for them. Mm-hmm. You're providing food, but you just want to be careful that like 
they are going to have stuff that they can eat too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say though. If you are going to pose it as like, would you help chip in? And they know that the brother's not helping chip in. I would maybe then not mention the dietary. Res- like that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's because true. Because then it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like you resent almost. I was going to say that it, it sounds with, a little like, burdensome. Special. Yeah, like you're a burden, so you have to go buy your own food, kind of a thing. But if if you can pose, if you are posing it as like, hey, do you want to like go find the stuff for your things? Then mm-hmm. that's maybe different. But like, yeah, if you are going to have them split the cost, I would just. Have them give an amount and not say it's like for their mm-hmm. special stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You that's, can do one or the other. That's what I was thinking. If it's really about the money, like it's like, okay, it's really going to cost us. And I get it because hosting is expensive, especially for a week for three, you know, your family and then your siblings' families. Like that's a lot to feed three fam- three big families for a week. So if it's really really about the money you could ask, but I would be willing to bet it's also kind of just the stress of like, how am I going to cook for this group or how are we going to handle the food all week? And so if it's not so much about the money and more about the stress, yeah, I would reach out and just say like, hey, I'm meal planning. Um, Could I give you a call and we could talk through like the meal ideas for the week. And like Anne said, my guess would be that the sister probably is already like, oh yeah, I'm planning to kind of like have these things. And then you could say, okay, awesome. Do you mind if I put you in charge of those just so that you can make sure that like you have food that your family can eat? And like, this is what I'm making. And if any of it works for you guys, like we'll obviously make enough for you and you guys can kind of collaborate on it. And it might take a little more flexibility, but I think that will make it clear that it's not like a burden to have them. Yeah. You just want to make sure that like everyone has something they can eat. But that's tricky. And and you are a super nice sibling for financing your brother's trip. Mm-hmm. Okay. This question is, what is the funniest video you have seen that makes you laugh every time you see it? For the hard days. I love this question. Love for the hard days. Yeah. I love this question because we so all funny. have so those cute. days where you need to just mm-hmm. watch like a like a Huga YouTube video to just like get through the night. And I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said hookah. Oh, hookah would probably make me feel (laughs) better, too. (laughs) No, I'm talking about, remember our episode on, do you guys want me to pronounce it properly? You did not like it when I pronounced (laughs) it properly. No, no, no. (laughs) I think mine is still, this isn't really like, it's, it's the one that I go to on the hard days. Not necessarily the funniest, but it just makes me smile every time. And it's Toby Toad. On TikTok, he is a toad, as you might have surmised. <laughs> I'm really excited and, about this. Um, well, you guys have seen this particular video that I'm talking about where he's selling his jams. Um, oh, but yeah. the whole TikTok account is just Toby in various miniature scenes. Um, he has a whole house. He has um, he has jams that he sells. He has uh, a miniature farmer's market that he goes to with his little sun hat. He just brings me so much joy. And I actually almost bought a frog just a couple weeks ago. And then I realized... A live frog? I Yeah, like a live frog. Because I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to get a frog oh and I'm going to make it little miniature scenes. That's, you're um, pregnant. But I'm, I'm only two months away from having to care for another living creature so i 
refrained. But um, anyway, Toby so Toad guess. on TikTok. Check him out. Um, mine is Kim Quinlan on TikTok. Um, it's her one of her pinned videos. It's Charles Dickens Orphan on Shark Tank. <laughs> I've shared it with the family. I don't think anyone... The thing about videos is no one... It just has to hit just right. So you might not mm-hmm. think the videos we like are that funny because I don't think anyone likes this. I will laugh until tears come like every time I watch this. It's the perfect crossover of two random things I enjoy. So I won't spoil it, but Charles Dickens Orphan on Shark Tank is... <laughs> You mine. can't even say it. I can't even say it. And then <laughs> this one isn't a funny one, but a warm fuzzy is the, um, oh, it's like pure country or it's like all the country stars at like the CMA awards like 10 years ago singing Country Road, Take Me Home. It's like a medley. It's really, it, it's oh really sweet that and like so happy. So that's not a funny one, but it's just like. It makes me smile every Our time. Our family loves those videos. <laughs> we Anytime love them. a bunch of country stars. <laughs> I don't know that I have a specific. I don't really watch funny clips. I don't have TikTok, but sometimes Anne sends me Chihuahua videos, TikToks, <laughs> and those always make me laugh. Grace, do you need us to send you more videos? Because I have. I'm, lots yeah, I'm really glad you. that Anne sends you dog videos because I am constantly I. I actually saw a video the other day that I was like, we have to get Annalise to recreate this. There's a girl and her cat, and the cat had a little helmet, and then the cat was like, I bought you a helmet, and then the girl like puts on the helmet, and they go on a bike ride together. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and Annalise is the only person I know with a cat. So. With a cat, yeah. Um <laughs> No, I love getting sent videos. I actually downloaded Instagram and opened it and found that some people had been sending me videos and I was so sad because they had expired. Oh, no. Was it me? Oh, no. Claire had sent some. Matt had sent me some. (laughs) I'll look back and see if I see So, Anne, tell Matt that I did get his videos, but just too late. (laughs) He loves to send people memes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he sent me one and it had expired. It was like a story that... I couldn't see anymore, but it said Olive Garden, anyone? Okay, Anne, what's yours? Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to say baby monkey riding backwards <laughs> on a, a pig. Oh. <laughs> always <laughs> so good. My spirit. It's an oldie but a goodie. That. That's such an old one. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Okay. This one is short and sweet. It just says Potty training a stubborn three-year-old. And do you have any tips? If I had any tips, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in, would I? <laughs> um, I don't really have tips either because my approach to most life skills for my kids is just wait until they're old enough that like they basically teach themselves because my attempts never go well. So I've never followed like a method and we just finally got Molly potty trained and she's going to be four in December. So it's like we were really pushing like social norms. But the main advice is just like if you need to give up and come back to it, it's okay. We had to give up and come back to it like four or five times. And we just decided to drop it when it got to the point where it was becoming like a power struggle because it just like 
wasn't worth the fight. And I didn't want it to be like a traumatic thing or like a stressful thing for her that she associated with like a stress, you know? Um, so we just kept bringing it up like cheerfully. And then one day she just was like in the right mood as three-year-olds have to be. And she got excited about it. And it was like, she just took off. And now she like is so fastidious about like washing her hands just right and flushing. And like, she's probably the most like tidy and hygienic of all of our kids with (laughs) using the bathroom. Unfortunately, (laughs) that gives you any idea. So, um, it just had to click. And then she's like been awesome. So I would say just like, don't be too hard on yourself or your child. Just keep bringing it up positively rewards and like it will, it will work out eventually. Good to know. Okay, here's another tricky one. It says, if my two-year-old takes a nap, even just a 30-minute nap, he doesn't fall asleep. I'm so sorry, Dottie's Okay, speaking of little babies that fall asleep. Yep, I've got Dottie with me. Okay, if my two-year-old takes a nap, even just a 30-minute nap, he doesn't fall asleep until 9 or 10 at night. I've tried to do quiet time instead, and that worked for a few weeks. Last week, though, he started hating it, and two days in a row he cried so hard that he made himself throw up during quiet time. So now I'm stuck without a break during the day or a toddler who is up until 10 p.m. What do I do? I have no idea. <laughs> this is really my hard. only My only idea is, and you may have, I don't know, you may already do this, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think who this is. I'm like, do I know this person? Do they already do this? Okay, sorry. You may already do this. I'm not sure. But um, we use an okay to wake light with Hazel. And so for a while before we started using it, she would cry for us to come get her when she would wake up in the morning or like at nap time. And then we started using it. And um, so just whenever she would wake up, we would turn the light green and then we'd go get her. And she started learning just not even to cry until until we turned the light green and then she would just come out of her room. And for some reason it just like made her less anxious, I think. Like knowing that know. like there is a time that mom and dad are coming back and like yeah. there's like a set there's a signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. I don't know why that worked, but <laughs> it did. So I don't know. You might try that, but I don't know if you've already been doing that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I don't want to assume like, oh, you haven't thought of, you know, like a reward yeah, I feel or like something. You've probably thought of everything. Yeah. And I just feel really bad for you because everyone needs a this break. <laughs> yeah. I would probably just like hire a middle schooler to come <laughs> over for two hours after school every day and just, <laughs> I would just... <laughs> leave that's but actually that, a good idea that's coming from someone <laughs> with no kids yeah well but. i i was gonna say molly kind of dropped her quiet time last year too and then over the summer with the big girls home it was just like there was no way i was gonna get her to agree to a quiet time when like her sisters were just running free so um we just watched a movie pretty much every afternoon and that was just my time that i counted on but if you don't want your two-year-old to be sitting in front of the TV for an hour and a half, which I understand. Um, I was going to suggest the okay to wake light too. And like you could start with like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So even if he is crying, at least he probably won't work himself up to the point where he's throwing up. And then just slowly like 
draw it out a little bit. And it's miserable for you because that's like sleep training a baby like over again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so hard. It's so exhausting to like have to start these new stages. So I totally empathize. But you could just like really gradually make it longer and longer. And then I've also seen on Pinterest, and I don't know if this is helpful. I don't, I feel like some kids would just throw it against the wall and like laugh in your face, but some kids might love having like a little box with some little toys or activities that they only get during quiet time. And it could just be like a couple little dollar store things, but you could kind of like rotate them and have that be like, okay, you get to have these, like this new toy and I'll be back, you know, when the light turns green and it could start at like five minutes and then, or you could have the reward be screen time. I know that's probably bad, but it could be like, if you stay until the light turns green, you can watch an episode of whatever. And so at least that would buy you like a little bit of a break until he starts staying in the quiet time longer, but don't give up because you mm. need a break. <laughs> you need a break. Yeah. And your two-year-old needs a break. I think everyone needs like some downtime in the middle of the day. It's just humans are, are built for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't give up. I'm so sorry though. Um, okay. Here's another kid one. Um, a friend of ours has a child near our child's age who likes to play, but the child has some habits and behaviors that are not things we want our kid to do. Um, but we've already seen some issues arise as they play. How do you balance not cutting them out, but protecting your child and finding positive influences? And then in parentheses, children or young age, FYI. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this issue, but does anyone else have some? Because I don't want to monopolize. I want to hear yours first, but I do have thoughts. Okay. Um, I get a little touchy about this subject because I have been the friend with the kids that (laughs) misbehave. And I feel like empathy for the parents that have kids that are naughty because I'm like, I'm pretty sure my kids have been that child many times. And I'm sure whoever submitted this (laughs) knows that. It sounds like, for one thing, I just want to give credit. All of these people trying to navigate relationship stuff you guys are all wonderful people because you are not like the people online who are like, cut them out of your life. Like the second people do something (laughs) wrong. So the fact that you're looking to like keep your friendship and be kind, but yeah, balance your kid. That's great. I do think as a parent though, yeah, you definitely have a responsibility to be mindful about like the influences on your kids and stuff. So it's, it's tricky. I think there's a difference between a situation where the parents are like aware of the behavior. They're trying to help their child have better behavior. I have friends who have kids who are neurodivergent and that's really, really hard when it's like, oh, well, they're difficult for whatever reason. So we don't want to play with them. You know, so I just get kind of like, oh, I just feel for like those kids. And I also am like, I'm pretty sure it's been my kids before. So I would just limit the time with them. I don't think, yeah, you don't need to cut them out completely. I think as long as they're not hurting your child or like bullying your child or manipulating your child, you know, something really harmful, then to be completely honest with you, I just wouldn't stress about it that much when they're little. It's like, yeah, it's maybe annoying if they learn, you know, it it is hard if they learn something from a friend, but I don't think it's worth like severing a friendship over. And I would just be proactive about seeking out like other friends. But if their parents, if the kids' parents are trying to work with them, be as forgiving as possible because it's really hard when like your kid is the one who is naughty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't obviously don't have um personal experience with this 
as a parent, but I will say I do, I do know that I think that everyone had friends Mm -hmm. when they were little that probably weren't the greatest influence or you can remember them acting out and like I used to, I used to have, you know how Bratz dolls used to be very controversial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I had a friend who had Bratz dolls. So then I was always begging for Bratz dolls and our mom just didn't really love them. Not that if you had them as a child, no judgment here, but our mom didn't love them, but I still played with them at my friend's house and, <laughs> and did lots of things with friends that probably had very different they just had like different quirks mm-hmm. <laughs> but you turn out fine in the end yeah. you know even if you pick up some little annoying habits as a child mm-hmm. it won't ruin you in the long run as long as i agree just have like a variety of of friendships i forgot about brats dolls that that those were controversial yeah. <laughs> back in the day <laughs> they were so controversial and i mean there's a reason that like kimmy gibbler is a trope you know, like I think everyone <laughs> that's just kind of unfortunately a fact is like you kind of have to deal with your kids sometimes having a friend that you're like, oh, this isn't my favorite. But I did have a friend when I was little who actually was possibly a sociopath. <laughs> I don't know. That's like before <laughs> before we use these terms. You guys know that's like half the reason I yeah. had to be homeschooled was I had this little friend in kindergarten and first grade who was like really messed with my head. And so I'm not trying to discount like there can be times where it's absolutely appropriate to be like, we're really not going to play with this friend anymore. Um, But if it's like a light thing, like, oh, you know, they learned, you know, potty words or, you know, potty humor, things like that. (laughs) You know, there's it's it's, it's a fine line. There's always a kid. Yeah, there's always a kid. And and I'm worried (laughs) it might be my kids in some situations. But what would you do? Yeah, when I when I read this question, I was like. Man, I would be like so hurt if someone was like not wanting their kid to play with my kid. But then I was like, wait, what if this is actually about me? <laughs> and I got all scared. <laughs> with the <hazy> like, <laughs> submitted it to our podcast. Three years old. <laughs> it is hard. Well, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know. Yeah, what advice to give without knowing specifically mm-hmm. like what the behaviors are? Because if it's serious, then like yeah, it's a whole different story. But like, yeah, I don't know, kids. They learn so much socially, even from like, I don't know, their friend teaches them something and you then have to teach them not to do mm-hmm. it. Like, it still was like a learning experience for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's necessarily like always a bad thing to have to like navigate that situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it can help them develop. And also I'm kind of, sometimes I'm like, how do you know exactly who's teaching who? That's very true. Thanks. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like, I don't know, like Hazel and her little friend came running in from another room and they had colored all over each other's faces. <laughs> and of course, I'm like, she's never done that before. So I don't think it was her idea. Mm-hmm. But the other mom's probably thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and neither of us cared. So it was not like a big deal. But it's like, you never, I don't know. You never when know. When kids exactly. get together, they get. They that come ideas. up with yeah. New suddenly schemes. they come up with mm-hmm. like these terrible ideas. So and I think I don't know. I'm kind of like you know it could be fine. It doesn't maybe it's not a big deal. But 
Maybe it is. So I, I'm not sure. I do think learning that different families have different rules is a very natural part of childhood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're we're like, let your kids hang out with anyone, drug dealers, whoever. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Obviously, there's a line. But with it said yeah. young kids, I think it's probably nothing too serious. I'm going to share this. I'm not going to go into detail, but <laughs> I was um, – Ella was probably four or five, and we were at someone else's house. And I watched the child whose home we were at do something that I was pretty sure they were not allowed to do. And their mom was distracted. And it wasn't anything dangerous or I would have stepped in. But I was just kind of like, hmm, I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to do that. But I'm just kind of the type where like, unless they're going to hurt themselves, I'm not usually going to step in if it's someone else's kid, you know. So I'm just kind of like watching. And then the mom comes back and she's like, so-and-so. Where did you get the idea to do that? You've never done that before. And I was like, hold up. I think she thinks that Ella put them up to this. And she did not. I watched the whole thing unfold. So I do think sometimes like you just never like kids are just kids and you don't really know. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe we're being, we're all apparently like very <laughs> You defensive. guys are piling on, especially we're really for, piling on. It's a very, for people who have like vented to me about wondering about how to navigate. Like I know I've struggled with <laughs> kids too. It is, it's really, it's hard. I think there's just no right answer. So mm-hmm. you kind of just have to deal with it. But I do think if, I don't know if you're worried if you don't want to cut them out and you're worried that they're going to feel like you're pulling back like maybe you could just do like stuff I don't know do stuff together with the adults mm-hmm. like or you're you know if if you're like oh let's go to a movie or like have a girls night or something mm-hmm. and show that you still want to be friends but Definitely. maybe not you know. And maybe not get together so much with the kids. Another thing that I've gotten this advice from moms that have older kids, they've said, if there's a friend that you're kind of iffy on, just make sure, for one thing, you can offer to host more Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're like within earshot, you're kind of like keeping tabs on the situation, which is harder. It's harder for you. It's great when you can have those play dates where it's like the kids get along great and you can kind of just let them play. And you don't have to be like involved as much. Um, we all love those friends <laughs> because it's like way easier. <laughs> but you might have to keep the playdates a little shorter and like a little more, you know, say no to things more. But you can still let them have the friendship. But you might just need to step in a little bit more as a parent. Mm-hmm. Good advice. All right. So here's the next one. It says, like half the population, I love houseplants. Love them. I kill half of my said houseplants. Do I stop my habit and just admit defeat? Do I take a horticulture class and keep going? Do I gasp, get fake plants? This is the easiest to answer of all the questions. Just get the fake plants. <laughs> I was going to say, oh no! if you're killing half of them, it sounds like you're keeping half of them alive. Mm-hmm. So keep on going. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Everyone needs a hobby that they're bad at. It, it gives you something to do. It keeps you humble. So I think just just keep going. Every time one dies, replace that one with a fake plant. And then you have a mix. <gasps> mm-hmm. I like that. But then you spent money twice when you could have just bought the fake plant. Well, they like the plants. It's about it's a ho- the experience. Hobbies. Okay, you yeah. If you're, if you're enjoying the experience of killing <laughs> your plants, then like, by all means, <laughs> keep buying plants for, for the fight. pride of it. <laughs> Well, like eventually but if you'll you find have the no ones pride. That you can keep alive. Like I have a spider plant 
that I've kept alive for years and it's been through some hard times. Like it has That's fair. That I also have a, a spider plant. <laughs> I so yeah, maybe I'd recommend now. spider plants to this yeah. person. You guys know what happened to my basil. So I'm not gonna say anything because I <laughs> I have no advice. Okay, this next one says, trying to find a balance between taking time for myself to recharge and feeling guilty for not doing more for my family. So I think we should hold off on going too far in depth on this one because we are going to have a whole episode about self-care coming up. So we'll probably Mm. kind of touch Mm. on this. Um, My quick thing would be to make sure that the things you're doing to recharge and things that are time for yourself are things that actually fill your cup. So not just like hiding in the bathroom, you know, sitting on the floor on your phone or laying on your bed for an hour after you put the kids in bed because you're procrastinating cleaning up, which are both things I do. And then I'm like frustrated with myself because I'm like, I could have actually, I wish I would have taken this time that I wasted and I wish I'd done something that I actually enjoyed and like I'm excited to do rather than just waste time because I'm burnt out and tired because everyone needs time to recharge and that's totally fine. But just like use it Mm -hmm. wisely. So I'm going to assume that this came from someone who's a mom just because this is a problem. Just the family. It's his family. My family. So I'm like, it's a mom. I've never met a mom who takes too much time for herself. So <laughs> it's true. probably physically impossible for you to be taking too much time to recharge. That yeah. is very true. That's Yeah, that's wise, Grace. This is a lazy genius principle, I believe. Mm-hmm. Wait, now rest, I'm worried. I think. Yeah. No, yes, it is. Schedule schedule rest, mm-hmm. which is not a, not a new idea, but something that I don't think people do enough. But it's very satisfying to like schedule, like you said, Claire, like schedule like, oh, I'm so excited to like, if I can get all my chores done, you know, I'll have at four o'clock this half hour to read my book. And I don't know, it's just very exciting when you know you have something like fun coming up and maybe that will help you recharge and also you can see it visually and know, like, know ahead of time that it's planned in. So maybe that'll help you feel a little less guilty. Like you're just taking oodles of time if you see it written down in your schedule that you're only really taking an hour to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm going to plug hire a babysitter mm-hmm. for a few hours <laughs> Definitely. every week. When you're by yourself with the kids, like just hire a babysitter and go out and do, I don't know, whatever you mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of moms it's talk about it. that. And I did that for a family when I was a teenager. Um, I came once a week and the mom went and did errands. And and that's the thing is like a lot of times when my kids are asleep or at school, I'm not taking time for myself. I'm like literally just doing tasks that like our family needs. So it's not even like, oh, your downtime. You know, it's like, no, I'm cooking. I'm doing laundry. I'm doing dishes. You know, like I'm, I'm just taking care of everyone. So you need to schedule time that's not just like, doing household tasks alone, but is actually like a little time for you. Okay. We had a few questions about friendships that are fading away, but you feel bad not talking to them anymore. We also had someone ask how to set boundaries with someone close to them who doesn't make them feel good about themselves. So in general, any advice about creating a little space in relationships without hurting the other person's feelings? 
again, good for you for being kind and not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. I think that's awesome. I would say as to the one where like friendships kind of fading away, I think that can just kind of happen naturally over time. Like it, it really is just a natural part of life, you know, as sad as it is. Like, so I don't think it needs to be a thing where like you never answer texts or you cut them out of your life or anything, but just like, just don't, I wouldn't overly stress about that kind of happening just naturally. As for setting boundaries with someone that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, A, I think it's very self-aware to notice how you feel after you spend time with someone. That's a really good indication of like what kind of relationships you want to put effort into, right? Um, But they mentioned that it's someone close to them. They said close friend or family. So, you know, it could even be a family member. And that's really tricky because, yeah, like it's not someone that it sounds like it's not someone that you can just kind of let drift away. It's like this is someone who's in your life. So I would probably just for one thing, maybe stop sharing as much with them. And I don't know if you do share a lot with this person, but that's something I've noticed about myself is like I tend to just be kind of an open book kind of person. And I'm also really self-deprecating. And if it's someone that I do feel like maybe a little insecure around I've noticed when I am self-deprecating, then I feel really bad after. (laughs) I'm like, oh, they actually do think I'm a terrible mom. Or like, they do think that my house is literally always a mess and I'm a huge slob, you know? And and then I'm like, why did I say that though? Like, why did I, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to show all your vulnerabilities to someone that maybe you like, but you just are kind of dealing with some of your own insecurities around, you know, so you don't have to share like every detail of your life with this person. And then I would also say just kind of naturally bend a little less time with them. That sounds like easier said than done. I think the assertive thing to do would be to say, I don't know, like if, if you notice like what particularly it is that the person is doing that makes you feel bad about yourself, like if they're saying something a lot. I think this sort of thing to do would be just to say like, when when you say that, it makes me feel like such and such, you know, tell them how you feel when they talk like that. Because I think I was listening to a podcast and I don't know, remember, or I don't remember which one it was. And she was saying, I think her mom or her aunt or something would talk a lot about like her, like food and like how she didn't want to eat, you know, too much and she like she talked about her weight a lot and and it made her feel like you know really self-conscious about these things because she was like eating more than her Mm -hmm. or like she weighed more than her or whatever and so she's like when you say that it makes me feel like you know what must you think about me Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh that that's probably a good way to deal with that um because maybe you can't cut that person out of your life or you don't want to and maybe they don't realize that they're doing something to make you feel bad you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that could be one idea but i don't yeah idea. i don't know what it is that that they're doing i have um sort of similar advice which is like if it's let's say maybe every time you see them they bring up like like oh why are you working at that job you could do so much but you know like they they have some sort of topic that they keep bringing up that like you mm-hmm. You just don't want to talk about it with them. And Mm -hmm. like, you can just also say like, I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And if you just, every time they bring it up, you just shut that down. Eventually they'll stop bringing up the thing that you don't want to talk about. 
if they care, you know, if it's someone that cares about you, like they don't probably want to be like pushing you away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's, That's so it's true. awkward, but like you have to do it. Why does mm-hmm. that happen to us so much? I specifically <laughs> Grace and I, people we attract people we... who like to like tell us what to do a lot yeah. and we hate being told what to do. <laughs> we attract like pushers and we, yeah. we don't want it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be pushed. We're like, no, well, I, <laughs> I'm quite capable of forming my own ambitions. That's very, that's <laughs> but, a good yeah, point. Because they said like creating space, but maybe it's not a, necessarily a matter of like needing space as much as it's just like, I love this person, but this topic is hurtful for me. And I would prefer mm-hmm. if we just didn't have to talk about it, then we'd have a great time together. Okay, are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Problem solved. The problem is solved. We solved the problem. So everything's awesome. Problem What's solved. Happening? Everyone's right looking now. scared. That's the song from Pig Puss Cat. <laughs> um, it just came to me as, we were, as I was prepping what? for the episode. That's a deep cut. If anyone watches PBS Kids, Grace, you'll enjoy this. The One of the co-creators of Pig Plus Cat was um, the guy who came up with the idea for Rent. What? Pig Plus Cat Whoa. is a PBS Kids show. It's way underrated. No one talks about it. It's delightful. Are you saying Pig? About, like, Peg. The guy Plus Cat? Peg. Like Peg. Peggy. Yeah. It's a little child named Peg. And then there's a cat. Oh. And... Um, Oh, yeah. I, I think his name's like cat. I can't remember. Billy Aronson, maybe, or something. But um, anyway, this song came to me as we were prepping for the episode, and I had to work it in. So hopefully, we were able to solve some problems for you today. At, at the very least, I hope we didn't lead anyone too far astray. Um, so thank you. To- can we wait? 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 wait I'm discombobulated. I'm right so now. Can we circle back? <laughs> um, the man that wrote Rent. You're telling me also wrote that song? Not the man that wrote Rent. Wait, are they different people? One came up with the idea and one no, wrote it? No, he's a playwright. I, he wrote, he originated the concept of Rent, which was based on Puccini's opera. Did he Love write, five, did he write Seasons of Love? Um, let's look up the and song, Seasons of Love. That problem solver song. And we solved song. the problem. Well, we were listening to, we were watching Pig Plus Cat once and Dave said, he's like, I'm pretty sure the guy that created this is from Broadway. He's like, if you listen to the songs, like they're very, they're much more musically complex than like your run of the mill kid TV show. So they are very good. But Jonathan Larson died in the 90s. Yeah, he, he that's what the, that musical, that musical I don't, that Andrew Garfield was in. I don't think that. <laughs> that's all I know. I don't know if he maybe wasn't the main. I got to look it up. The main guy. He was involved in Rent. Yeah, it said he, he was. In rent, he came up with the concept in Pig, in Pig and Cat. <laughs> okay, wow. Rent. And he was one of the co-creators. Okay, of Pig plus Cat. I'm also realizing that like Claire performing the song maybe doesn't speak to like. Okay, wow, the that's complexity. Like, so mean. It was one little ditty. I was just having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. It did but. sound a little bit like hot cross buns. Yeah. Okay. It says although in eighteen <laughs> wow eighteen although in nineteen eighty nine he began a, although in nineteen eighty nine he began a collaboration with Jonathan Larson he provided additional lyrics for Rent and wrote almost all of the number Santa Fe so he was okay. I mean he was involved it wasn't just like wow. his, his his idea 
Gotta love Santa Fe. Gotta love Santa Fe. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. I didn't realize that my little ditty would would create such a <laughs> that little ditty twice. Such a stir. You've caused a stir. <laughs> caused a stir. Um, okay. Does anyone have any weekly wins? I think that was my weekly win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to St. George um, for we went to Matt's family reunion with. Um, some of his extended family. Um, and that was super fun. And we saw people that like we haven't seen since like we moved to California. So so that was nice to see so many members of his family. And we have now decided that we are gonna move to St. George somehow, some way. This is what we do anytime we, we have, go on a trip. Every time you visit yeah, place, like, yeah, we it changes. We have that problem. We have it bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we came back to Michigan. We're trying to have like a good attitude about going back to normal life. We get here, it's freezing cold. It it's fall, y'all, and we don't want any part of it. It's dark. And meanwhile, St. George was like lovely. It's not dark enough. Oh. It, here or in St. George? Here. Yesterday was like 85 degrees here oh and gosh. like muggy. So today Every was Every day I breezy. wake up and I shake my fist at the sun. Oh my God. <laughs> it feels we like it's freezing. not It's not rising any later. We, we did get in today at, we got home at like six in the morning. So it was quite mm. cold, but it didn't really, I don't know, didn't really heat up today. It wasn't sunny. I'm like, mmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. So <laughs> we're we got to save a lot of money because it's not cheap to live in Utah. But we're like we're doing it somehow. Wow. Well, I guess our plans of a Florida compound are crumbling beneath our feet. But I'm happy for you. My weekly win is this app called Giftful, and it's nothing revolutionary. I probably could have used Pinterest for this purpose, but I like this app. I like the way that it's laid out. It's very lovely and clean. And basically all it is is it just lets you make kind of like wish lists and you can just copy links and put stuff on your wish list and you can make multiple lists. And the reason I got it was because right now I'm trying to save up all of or as much of my like personal spending money every month as I can so that I can have a little spree postpartum. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I already have some maternity clothes, but I want, I want to like, right now it feels sad because I'm like, Oh, I want to be like fall shopping, you know? So now anytime, like today I had to get my oil changed at <laughs> Walmart and um for some reason our town doesn't have a lot of sidewalks on like the main roads and so I was like <laughs> I went walking along like this busy road and then I went <laughs> like scurrying across the, <laughs> oh the road gosh. to yes. Old Navy and I, I was wandering around for like hours in Old Navy so I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to buy but it's anyway long story short this is a way of having some self-control. I just, anytime I want something, I look it up online and I put it on this little wish list. And now there's something satisfying about looking at my wish list. And it's almost as if I have mm-hmm. these, uh-huh. <laughs> these that things. That sounds really fun. I look at it all the time. Just, <laughs> just look at it all the time. Have you guys seen <laughs> the $84 Old Navy shacket that's taken the internet by storm? 
No. $84? It's just, I've seen some TikToks and stuff about it. Just people are shocked that like Old no. Navy has a shacket that's $84. It's like, what's the world coming to? Right now. I think it's- Old Navy's got some pricey stuff. They, it's not what it used to if be. You, if they, you buy- Yeah, they have gotten pricey. Mm-hmm. Not on a sale. Yeah. And I love Old Navy, but I'm not- like if I'm going to spend that you money, dis- you have to be discerning these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotta wait for that exactly. super cash. Yeah, if you don't have super cash, we've said this before. If you're buying full price at Old Navy, you're a fool. I don't know how else to say Disc- it. <laughs> or rich, or rich. Yeah, but in that case, you're probably not at Old Navy. Um, that's the thing is, we go to Old Navy for the the dills, 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 as we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's not a dill, I'm not interested. Um, my, I have two mini winnies. Um, one is just love is blind after the altar dropped on Netflix this week. So that was, that was fun. Cause I've missed love is blind and it sent me down like another, it just reignited how much I was into like all the original couples really quick. This is going to be a spoiler. So plug yours if you care, but the two couples that were married, like post just the, after the altar, like last week, both of them announced they're getting it's not funny I but it's like that. the timing couldn't it's be so more tragic. sad exactly um i'm sorry i shouldn't have laughed it's not funny but it was just like <laughs> I mean, I, the irony reality <laughs> yeah it's just reality they're not real yeah. people <laughs> exactly no i'm just they are and then um we have rearranged our kids bedroom situations and it's just making bedtime so much smoother and that's all that's just such a win for me and it gives me time to read kind of throw back to our last episode with Tierney, it gives me time to read with them in more personalized mm-hmm. settings. I won't, it's boring to talk about the logistics, but like I'm just enjoying getting that time with them. And bedtime was just so hard and it's still hard, but it's just a little better now. So I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> Congrats. That's great. Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>